This show is sponsored by Hive Mind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the hive mind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings. And of course, to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. And I've had a lot of people, I've had people give me stuff. My attorney's like, you should probably have them read this and record them saying it. For real. So, if you look at enough that's down and you call it, you know, those 12 acres or nine acres or whatever, you know, and somebody's just like, I can't handle it anymore. I haven't been over there to cut the grass in four years. You know, if I could just be done with that place, you can have it. You know, you give me 2,500 bucks, you pay the taxes on it, and it's yours. And you think that's not going to happen, but it does. Like that, that's why the property is in the shape that it is. Something else I recommend is not to call those people and say, uh, oh man, the house is a piece of junk. I'll give you five grand for it. I always talk up the properties because I think all real estate is beautiful. Even an old house, you know, it's kind of coming apart. Like it's, it's beautiful, like a painting or something. So I would call the guy and say, yeah, I think that's a great house. It's amazing. I'm wondering how a house like that got in the condition that it's in. You know, what can you tell me about? Are you like, well, I'm just wondering if you want to sell it. You know, is there a for sale sign? No, Lynn is not for sale. I'm just kind of curious, you know, how did it get like that? What happened to it? Whose house was that? And that's it. And then before you know it, yeah, like I said, you might work something out where the uh they might let you do the rehab on it. You pay for the rehab and bring in the people and they put up the house and you guys go partners on the thing. You know, there's a million ways for you to, to profit off of that property. And it's not always where we offer some crap lowball offer and then the seller gets to lose. Like, no, there's plenty of ways to, uh, I, you got to use the word partnership loosely, but, you know, partner with the sellers and make some magic happen. So, yeah, you're, you should always be driving for dollars. I don't care how bougie you are or how many texts you're sending or how many. Hey, guys, welcome to the Monday night call. We have these calls every single week. They've been running for about a year, maybe a little bit longer. And we talk about real estate. Nothing's off topic. We just kind of just freestyle and vibe and it's like an open room mastermind. So we don't have a, uh, you know, raise your hand round. You just kind of pop in, unmute yourself and jump in and we'll be happy to chat about any subject that's real estate, marketing, personal branding, email marketing. I mean, you can go over scripts, problem, property titles, you know, we cover anything on this call. Just whatever comes to mind. Like I said, you just unmute yourself and hop in. Do we have any, any new people on the call that have never been on here before? Anywhere. No, but I'm saying you got to turn your to phone plug it in. in. Okay, that's a good idea. All right, thanks. You Speaking of uh, people giving you stuff, we picked up a, a property here in San Antonio um, off of a text campaign. I guess somebody got on the hit, got hit from a text message from somebody. I don't know if it was inbound or outbound, but somebody contacted us. They said they had a, a property and they said, Hey, it's listed at, at 750. 
And I was like, that's not a deal if it's listed. I was like, just move on to the next one. And then the next thing they said is, hey, they said they just want to get out of the mortgage. So we were like, interesting. Ask them if we can see it tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we came over here and we took possession of the house. And we, we, uh, we bought it from them. So it's, uh, you never know what you're going to get unless you're doing, you're touching a lot of people. So no matter how you're doing it, however you're marketing, I'm looking at a property right now by Dallas and um, I posted on my Facebook stories and my Instagram stories. I said that, you know, anybody is like, if you can pull like 10 to 10,000 acres, send it to me. Somebody sends me a lead and then I send it to another group by Dallas and they're talking about an over a $1 million assignment fee on that property. And I got the lead just from posting it, you know, on my stories, on Facebook stories, you know, send me a 10,000 acre tract in Texas, you know, so it's worth paying attention to. And like I said, diversifying your marketing efforts, you're always marketing. You're always telling people what you're doing for no reason. And then uh, the people that get annoyed by it will unfollow you. And then the ones that don't unfollow you will make you a lot of money. Does anybody have any questions or anything they would like to cover today? Something they'd want to like to talk about a challenge you've been having. Hey, Anthony, I do. Hey, hey what's up? Can you hear me? Hello. Um, I actually have like four to five commercial lots in Alabama that I'm really not even sure how to comp. And I don't know if Daniel's on here because I was driving, but um, some time back, we, he helped me look at one commercial lot. We looked at LoopNet, looked at the car count, so forth and all that. Am I, is that really what I'm supposed to be doing to see if these are, are deals? I just, I don't know how to, how to comp them. They're really industrial. They're very like in industrial areas where there's nothing but just old warehouse buildings, I guess you could say. And then one of, and then the four of them was an old church building, but it's not a building anymore. So it's just four parcels, but the, it is zone commercial. I don't know how to comp them. I'll tell you what, commercial is a whole different animal. Um, Tyler Epstein's on here. I don't know if he could chat or not, but maybe he might have a better idea. I stick to a lot of farm and ranch and rural stuff, but um, commercial and uh, industrial and apartment land, that stuff starts to go nuts. I mean, that stuff starts to go by the square foot. So I'm curious, like what, where this area is, how hot of an area it is, and then we can, then we can get a better picture of that. Well, so that's my kind of question is if, um, cause I know not everything is a deal. How do mm -hmm. I determine if it even is a hot, I I'm gonna be honest. It doesn't really seem like the area from what I'm looking at, but I could be wrong. So that's why I'm trying to, to gauge if it, if it even is a deal. So if, if anybody so has any advice, um, I would appreciate it. This is this is Tyler. Um, I just caught the half, the back half of that. The first place my mind went is you need to figure out the history of it because phase one environmental is going to have to be done if it's industrial. And it's crazy what things get changed to it and how the the, the EPA and the, the environmental regulations have, have taken a hold. But like, you know, I've, I've bought or been part of buying a tannery. And leather tanning 30 years ago was crazy insane about the chemicals and stuff that they used and how bad the ground was um, in that area. The, um, so, you know, you're, you're going to have a lot of hiccups with environmental. So researching what all's been there, and even then, you're still going to have to, put, to throw a phase one in. Um, the other thing is, is industrial is niche specific, right? Like it's one of those things that, you're looking for a unicorn to, to go in that space most often. 
And so, you know, you're, 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 you limit the amount of buyers significantly. But at the same time, that is not to say that you're, you can't make a tub full of money on doing it. I'm just saying you, you, it's a, it's literally a horse of a different color. Same thing, same concept. You're just in a different pool, play, playing in a different pond, if you will. I, I don't know if I'm explaining that right. Like, it's just completely different. It makes league. sense. No, um, it makes sense. It does. So that's the first thing, you know, it's like, okay, what could this be used for? So you can start to, to try to narrow down the target of who you can look at, of like who, who needs this space and what, you know, what, what business is it, right? Is it, is it a tire shop? Or is it going to be, you know, a widget manufacturer? And then the whole leasing on industrial property, it can get pretty complicated. So it requires a a lot more due diligence on the front side. Um, So again, it's it's where where is it? Like what what city, what state, um, what's happening there? And then, you know, what are the, uh, what, what could use it, right? Is it got overhead cranes or is it just a, you know, just a, a damned old building that you can park stuff in? What, what is it? Um, okay. We're looking at buying one right now. It's an industrial area. Old man has it. He has, has cars parked in it. He's owned it for 37 years. He's got 42 cars parked in there, bumper to bumper. Just, he bought them because he wanted them, parked them, hadn't driven them. Oh, oh, must be nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, he's like, "Yeah, I'll sell it." Like, what are you gonna do with these cars? I don't know. Uh, Hi. Okay. Like, you know, do you have titles somewhere? Okay, so that's a no. Um. So anyway, I mean, but, but at the same time, like, you know, it's it's how we make our money is solving these problems. That I mean, at the end of the day, the work that's you put true. in, that's that's that's, that's your true. equity. So, like, that's everybody's true. like, "Well, it's complicated." Yep. The more complicated, the more money you'll make. Okay. That's very true. That's a good point. Okay. I appreciate those um, starting points where I can at least try to just get a start to where I need to go and see if it's even in a good area. So I appreciate that information, Tyler. Well, an industrial doesn't matter. To to be honest, like if it, if it, if it's a specialty building, if it, what kind of power does it have? Does it have phase three power hookup where you can, you know, three phase where you can go in there and like slam a bunch of industrial equipment and power it, you know, run it. Great. Or does it not, you know, does it, does it have amazing fiber optics run so that you can, you know, potentially put a, um, you know, an industrial warehouse with, with, uh, with, you know, uh, servers and shit in it. Right. Like all that today is much different than industrial of, of 1970, where you just needed, you know, jackass and a hammer. Right. Like, so the, the world's changed with CNC machines and everything else. So, that's, you know, what kind of power does it have? What kind of water supply? What kind of sewer system? Um, all that matters as well because of, you know, a lot of things require high volumes of water usage. And if the water if the water line doesn't have capacity, that's where you have to go. You have to go contact the water department or for provider, figure out how much capacity they have to serve you so that, again, you can figure out what. I think it's Tyler. Yeah, because I thought it was my phone. Oh, okay. yeah, it's, Tyler, you, you cut out. Completely. Sorry, I, we can't I, hear you. Cut me off. Um, Perfect. Thanks. Can you hear me now? Now you're good. You were swimming in the matrix, right? When you said, can you hear me now the first time? So you're good right now. I think I may have lost him, but we may have lost him, but I appreciate the information, Tyler. I'm literally in Austin, Texas. Hey, this is Anthony. I don't know if anybody can hear me or not, but I'm going to make some co-hosts in case my phone dies. Hey, can everybody everybody hear me? Okay, there you go. Now I can hear you. 
Now we can hear Okay, you. perfect. Yeah, there was kind of a goofy minute right there. I didn't know if it was me that was going out or everybody else or what, so I was confused. So everybody can hear me clearly now? We're all good? Yes, sir. Perfect. Awesome. How you been, Miss Claudette? I'm great. Can't complain. Trying to make this money like y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get like you. No, okay. Come on. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this event coming up here. It's getting close. I know that it happens quick when you're planning for an event. We say, no, it's, it's three months out, four months out. But then the next thing you know, it's next Tuesday. I'm pretty excited about that. Is anybody in here going to the event in, in uh, Fort Lauderdale or Florida? The Hive is, the Hive is live. It's, like, it's our second annual national event in uh, Fort Lauderdale area. So trying to get a, a light head count. The venue we want only has 125 seats. So I think on our last years, we were only maybe a seven-month-old company or something. And I think we, wanted, we sold something like 200 or something. What was it, Claudette? 150? It was close to about 150. Maybe yeah, a little so I was thinking yeah. if we only had 125 seats this year, yeah, then I think it'll sell out quick. So we're trying to figure out who's actually really going. I what plan to be there. What are the dates? Uh, we're just about to lock it in, but it's going to be like probably last of August, early September. The venue we thought we were going to go with, we changed our mind kind of last minute. So we're seeing what else is available unless we're going to be locked into them. But we're looking for a really beautiful venue. Uh, trying to make it something to remember. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And then something happens. I didn't notice this until I went to Phoenix one time and met up with a bunch of uh, the Hive people. And something happens when you hang out with the same people for two or three days in a row. There's a lot of synergy that's created instantly, you know, in 48 hours. That's, you can create a lot of, of synergy. So I, I really like these national events. They're powerful. If you can at all make it, I, I definitely would. Yeah, so details to follow. Any good luck, good luck today, Junior? Uh... 1JV, um, I have the 640 acres in New Mexico that I need to send a contract. Mm -hmm. um, what else? What else? Some Georgia lots, three lots. The one you sent me the text. Yep. Hey, what about Alabama? Alabama's weak. I don't know, dude. I haven't got any traction with those. Okay, yeah, if we have to, we're good. I mean, let's just, we do, gotta do what we gotta do. So let's, let's take another look at them and figure it out. Yeah. Heck yeah. I would like to see uh, New Mexico. Do you have the, uh, the coordinates for it? Yes, hold on. I'm just curious. Yeah, I would like to see how the land lays and exactly where it is, how far from civilization. Is it desert or is it like kind of like a green area? I'm not sure. Let me send the no, text to you right now. Nothing is green in New Mexico. Nothing at all. It's all desert. I've been there. It sucks. Yeah, I talked to an old boy here in uh, Texas, and he told me uh, he's been trading big farm and ranch for like 40 years, and he said there's nothing for sale there. So I was kind of curious when this one popped up, like, where the hell is it? I know there's a lot of nothing over there. So so the one thing the one thing that is valuable in New Mexico, if you're in the south part, is, is the mineral rights. Um, and there's a few other places, but for the most part, 
New Mexico that the, the cities are landlocked mm-hmm. because you either you, you own, you know, 47 sections or, you know, a, a little plot somewhere in town. So they, they have value there. But for, you know, the other part problem in New Mexico is it's 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 very liberal. So you have you have government regulation overlords that will eat you alive. Nice. <laughs> Interesting, man. You mind taking a look at it when it comes in, so you could just kind of give us an opinion on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I travel. I mean, through the the eastern half of that state, I'm pretty familiar with it just from work and travel and stuff. Um, and then if it's out near uh, what is it, Los uh, the, the the Air Force base out there. Yeah, Las okay. Cruces. There, there's a lot of value there um, as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's Albuquerque and there's some other things out there, but but they're for the most part. If you're buying a big plot of land, mm, it's rough to to really do anything besides say, "Look at this, I own it." <laughs> yeah, buying the top of a mountain somewhere. I looked at one of those uh, about I guess last week, early last week, and it was a uh, there's. Don't get me wrong. There's value in that, right? But you're look you're looking for those off the grid type people that like want to live in a um, tiny home powered by by you know solar panels, which is cool. But your buyers are you just diminished a whole lot of buyers, right? You, you you're you're looking for that unicorn. Yeah. No, I get that. That's kind of what I looked at when I looked on the maps. I was like, wow, that's incredible. But. Like I said, we're, we're yeah. looking at different markets to see what the heck everybody's doing in those areas and then try to see where it oh, makes sense. A hundred percent. Just 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 things to look out for, right? Like these are things yeah. that you should be aware of. No, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and, and thanks for coming through on that industrial because like I said, we're just starting to look at some of that developable stuff. So the the, just the industrial the industrial side is is it sounds sexy and it is sexy, but you're you're looking at a 180 day due diligence period period like mm-hmm. there is no there is no there is no 14 day close in industrial just period like <laughs> if you yeah. do that you're you're rolling you're literally rolling the dice and that's 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 a bad idea yeah i could see that yeah i have one industrial zone almost 40 acres that i've been looking at for about a year and a half maybe there's a lot of moving parts there. Tons, and and then at the same time, like again, it's your, your interested parties are very sophisticated. They're 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 it's a completely different ball of wax. And then the contracts are you're you're looking at a at a thirty six page, you know, letter of intent. You're not you're not. It's this is this is not a, a quick hitter. Yeah, I believe it, man. So some problems you can run into on industrial land. I've heard you say like uh, dumping, chemical dumping, uh, whatever the previous business was before, whatever they were running there, whatever they were spilling on the ground. You're responsible for all that. The last 50 years. And and depending on what I find, I'll go back further. So what do you do? Is there a website that shows what's been going on there? No, I mean you got to run title and then and then yeah. go through that and then you you can go through um, shit. I'm blanking on the website. There's a there's a website to see like 
it's what is it the tc tcq and the epa both have website for any citations that have been issued in that area it's kind of cumbersome and takes a, it's tedious to search but you can search that um and then then the next thing is is like you've got to get on the boots on the ground and look at it and just literally you know look at it because it's, it's the same thing like you can look up up's um rail yard there in uh third ward in houston mm-hmm. they stored cross ties there cross ties have chris oak chris oak leached into the ground got into the ground water people started getting cancer Holy so smokes at first at first pass and you look at the news on that first pass right that's just a uh a storage yard no big deal ain't ain't nothing well i mean they just stored shit there second pass this is I, i'm we're done here you know like and, and so you do a quick hitter and buy it all of a sudden you just bought a problem Yeah, I'm, the one I'm looking at right now, they've been out there like OPEC and uh, some other agencies have been out there cleaning up since the 90s, man. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's not OPEC. That, 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 that's, a, that's the Saudis, but uh, somebody what, else has been out there. What there's a there's a one that's something like that. I'm going to text it to you, see what it is. But yeah, there's there's a couple of different agencies that have been out there doing some weird stuff and they wanted to find the property a million dollars for cleanup. And they ended up not finding the property because they said they would like to see the place get cleaned up. Well, so the thing is, is like the other thing is, is like, what does it take? What does cleanup look like? Because I can tell you right now, drilling the holes and, and doing all that and, and all that stuff, you're it's a long term deal it's not cheap and and it's your it's your baby it's um it's a big boy game yeah so, so somebody that's got fat stacks yeah that's what we were uh, thinking on it because it's a really really a plus area but like somebody has to come in with a pretty big wallet to just assume all that cleanup fines you know there's a bunch of things going on out there so, so we've just been and, staring and, at it for a while the other problem with that is, though, is you, you need you need environmental lawyers, and I mean, I mean, you're get, you're getting getting into something that um, one word, one source, one substance, and, and and all of a sudden everything comes apart. It's a house of cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's a bad one. No matter how you look at it, man. There's a oof, like I said, that one could get heavy. It seems like it would take years well, and years to to get it resolved. Well, and the other the other problem is is the the government has all the opportunity in the world to come back and say gotcha, so you know, and, and you're there. There's nothing you can do to get away from them. They just they just do what they do. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So I guess would that apply to like gas stations as well? Little tiny gas stations, Fuck like you yeah. see them, they're out of service. They got, that's an underground, that's... they got an underground. They got underground. They got an underground gas tank. They've been le- leaching lead and and um, all kinds of other high, high, uh, carcinogenics in the ground. Any old gas station like that is not running. That that gas tank underground is now full of water, rusted out. You're that's a bad day. Whew. That sounds terrible. Think about it. Gas had lead in into it. Lead in it, like literal lead, until I don't know. I think the seventies or eighties. Um, mm-hmm. So. If it's back there before that, it's literally got lead in the ground. That's groundwater contamination. You got TECQ. You got to drill water wells, monitoring wells. Hey, that's who it wells. was. It was TCEQ that was out there. Is what I meant. Yeah, yeah, and and it's 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 a bad day, and and they put you. Uh, it's a it's a bad. There's nothing nothing nice about it. 
Oof, man, that just sounds like a pain in the butt. Yeah, you should see this place. I should send you pictures of it just to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those things that, like, again, I, I I stay away from shit like that. It's just, it's it's because, can I do it? Yes. Do I want to? No, there's, there's easier ways to make money out there. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a, a big general contractor project, just moving all the trash. It's a, a huge project. I sold one like that, man. Somebody had a bunch of dumping on a, on a little piece of land. It was just mostly like junk, like construction junk. And uh, yeah, man, five acres full of it. I mean, you could hardly walk in there. And this guy bought it just like that. You know, I had a million people well, that tried it. They wanted to buy it. Nobody would pull the trigger on it because of the cleanup. And this guy bought it quick. The, and, uh, uh, it looks amazing. The, the old other thing is, is what, what you run into is, is how many stacks of asbestos is under that stuff sometimes. Oh, yeah. Old siding Asbestos, or Yeah, old siding. They just, I mean, it's one of those things. That, is old siding bad? No. Do, do you have to dispose of it like under all the same rules as, as, as the fibers? Yep. It's, it's, it's just you just got to be real cautious on stuff like that. I mean, I know a guy that bought a place, didn't really pay attention to it, got it for like $3,500 for once it was like three acres in Granbury. Got it for 3500 bucks. Spent thirty thousand dollars in cleaning up the amount of tires that were on it. Mm-hmm. In there, yeah, tires get expensive. Yep. Hey, do you want to talk about subdivides for a little bit? You have you have time to stay on? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm driving through Austin, so I'm in traffic. I got on. I, I know it's been a minute since I've been on. I just I just been bowed up. So yeah, I can. Much appreciated, man. It looks like you were a hit at Logan's event, too. Everybody was happy to see you talk. <laughs> I don't know how many people were happy, but they, they got some valuable information about it, right? They, I messed up some of their games, but I, um, you know, expecting me not to just hit you with straight facts is is a bad idea. Um, so, all right, on subdividing. <sighs> subdividing is easy. Subdividing is hard. And I mean that is you've got to just follow the rules. It's it's subdividing is like Betty Crocker baking. Read the rules, follow them. If you can't read the rules, hire an attorney. If you can't afford to hire a good attorney to read the rules for you and a good engineer to do all the subdividing and platting that can and, and you can learn the rules from them, don't do it. Um, reading the rules is 95% of the battle. Subdividing in rural areas and subdividing in cities are very similar. One's govern, governed by, I want to say it's local government code um, 212, and the other one's 232. Maybe. I Don't quote me on that, but I think I'm right. And it, it gives you the statutorily defined rules on how to subdivide something. And it's an administrative ministerial affair. So local governments like are, are in cities and, and everybody want to be like, well, you've got to do this and we want to prove that and this, that, other. No. They have rules and regulations. You read the rules and regulations. You comply with the rules and regulations, and they have a box to check. Did you follow my rules and regulations? Check yes or no. If you did not follow my rules and regulations, you didn't follow rule regulation 1A3C-7 here. And because of that, you need to do A, B, and C. And, And then once you do A, B, and C, then you submit it again, and they have to say, did you comply with all my rules? Check yes or no. If you comply with all the rules, they check yes. You're now approved and can sell lots out of subdivision. That it's really that simple. But 
the hard part is, is what are the rules and regulations? And do you do everything by the book administratively in a timely fashion and according to the rules? Because if you mess up one area, eh, you didn't comply with my rules. Start over. Um, right now, the biggest issue I'm running into on subdividing is, is getting the plats done. It's taken four to six months where it used to take me, you know, 60, 90 days. Everybody's are you finding that it's taking that long in the city or even uh, like uh, out in the county? You know? um, it depends on the county. I mean, I, I'm not doing I'm not I'm not in super rural areas. Um, I'm in what would be considered tertiary three years ago, but is now secondary today. Um, and so the county, the county governments are busy and you got to get in front of them and a lot of them have now hired engineers that have to review it. And those engineers, they're not on staff. It's an engineering firm. So not only are you having to hire a, uh, an engineering firm and a surveyor to do all the work, you have to wait on another engineering firm to, to say yes. And, and so it's just slow. I mean, that's cool. So I've been liking the game, but like you said, I think there's easier ways to make money, but I think if anybody can get a a hundred acre or a thousand acre lot and they have a partner or something that can help them take it down, I think cutting them up into 10 acre tracks in Texas is it's pretty fun and easy. And uh, I don't think it tinkers with the environment too much. The the issue is, is, is what you run into is is you've got to get it subdivided, platted according to the rules. What are the subdivision regulations say in that County? How much does it cost to build a road? I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that is it a cleachy road or is it is it a chip and seal road or is it a concrete road? How Who determines wide is that? The county does? County subdivision regulations. Okay. And then so somebody can just what call down to the local like Bear nope. County. Uh, you ain't gonna call down, they don't tell you shit. You just gotta look them up. They got they got them listed somewhere, just find them. They're they're gonna be a document that's between depending on the county, between thirty-six and two hundred pages long. Because okay. they'll, they'll tell you, you know, to build a tiny home park, you got to do this. To build this, you got to do this. It's all the rules and regs. And essentially, under the local government code, it prescribes how to how how the, the process works from start to finish. And then you also have to comply with that code. And then the next thing is, is you got to also make sure that the fire marshal approves of it. Because you can get caught with your pants down. Every, you did everything right. But in the county subdivision regs, it, it says must be, you know, comply with um, regulations for, for safety. Well, the fire marshal comes back and says, ah, we need, we need fire hydrants. That's a, you're going to put a lot of houses in that area. We don't have fire hydrants within 2,000 feet of that. That's dangerous for the health and safety and the lives of people. And you're like, okay, but there's not fire. There were, you know, there wasn't fire hydrants over here last year when you can prove that. Neat. Doesn't matter. You lose. Get to get ready to eat the fire hydrant expense. Mm-hmm. So, and then and then you're like, okay, well, I can put in fire hydrants. You call the water company, and you're like, hey, water company, I need to put the fire hydrants in. They go, cool. We can do that, but we have to upgrade our facilities. It's going to cost us 150k to upgrade the pumps and the water tanks to be able to, to put enough pressure to, to supply you with the, the fire hydrants. So because of that, it's going to cost you another 150. And you're like, How, I've got to pay for your facility upgrades. Yes. yes yep. Amen to that. Yeah, I was looking so at one. It's 
it was a, a almost it's a five thousand foot water line, but they said no, you can't have a a dead end main. So they wanted to do a loop. So now your your price of your main just doubled. I was like, man, that's incredible. Yep. Yep. You got to be careful. I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a reason that these things generally have a hundred eighty day due diligence period with a um, option to extend for an extra ninety before any any more option money or earnest money is necessary. It's because there's so much that goes into it. Yep. And that's if you're doing big lots, if you start doing half acre lots and all that, now you got asphalt roads and curbs and all kinds of crazy stuff if you're close enough to the city. There, there's there's some counties that are now requiring, um, you know, that like it's one of those things that if you tie into an asphalt road, then you must put an asphalt road there. So with that being said, if you tie into a dirt road, you have to put caliche. But if you tie into an asphalt road, like farm to market road, then you got to put asphalt. And you got to have 60 foot right, wide right of ways with 25 foot causeways and curved and guttered um, on the uh, on the, uh, the the turnarounds, the cul-de-sacs and et cetera, et cetera. And you're like, oh, OK, well, now a Caliche road, I, I built a Caliche road a year ago for about four and a half miles. It came out roughly, this is my own equipment, my own operators and everything. It came out roughly to be about $65 a foot, linear foot to build that. All right. I can only imagine what Caliche is running now because diesel at $5 a, thousand, a, a gallon, I was getting a load of Caliche for 800 bucks. I think a load of Caliche right now is going for 1150, 1200 my area. Yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff and, and, and double and triple for and, construction costs. And, and it's in, in the roads are engineered, which means you've got to get an engineering firm to prescribe, go out there and do soil samples, et cetera, et cetera, and tell you how what compaction this has to be to and everything. And so if you've got bad dirt, bad soil, and you've got to come in there, scrape it, clean it, and bring bring in clay, uh, you're 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 just running up the cost. It, it's one of the it's one of these games that um, if you've never done it, you can do it, but you're not gonna do it overnight. I'm not a Debbie Downer. I do it. It's just one of those things. I don't want to see anybody get burnt. Yeah, that's not for the faint of heart and not for a beginner. Yeah, because it can turn well, out to be a. I mean, I mean, I, I've bought, yeah. I've bought property before and got caught with my pants down. Luckily, I make sure I buy everything so 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 low that I have the juice in there to take some hits because it's gonna happen. But like, an acre of land was selling for fifteen, so I bought three hundred acres for like three 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 thousand an acre. I was gonna chop it up into five five ten acre tracks. It got rough. I ended up chopping it up into a hundred acre track and a two hundred acre track. Still made plenty of money, but the roads, because the soil was so bad, what I was going to have to do to to bring them up to to make them meet the the county road specs, it became where I was only going to make an extra, call it four hundred thousand, but it was going to take a year of my life for that four hundred thousand, and I wasn't willing to sacrifice that and the risk involved and the time value of money involved in that. Yeah, I've been seeing some of that myself too. People approaching me with uh, some of those, and I'll take a, a real good look at them. And for the same reason, like if I'm going to dedicate six months to this or a year to this, yeah, it better be, you know, it better be 
really, really worth it. Yeah, it, it's just it's just one of those things that I I mean I there's easier way there's easier ways to make money and and maybe somebody can um can take that down and make money with it, which is great. Let them. Let, let, let somebody else make money, make your money, go to the house, go somewhere else. Let, let the person that has the, uh, the support staff, if you will, take that down and make money. There's a reason like D.R. Horton homes in just their San Antonio division has 40 people on staff that does nothing but land entitlements and engineering. Yeah, it sounds like a general contractor's office. Yeah, like it's one of those things that like it, it's it's you can't compete with that. They they've got four they've got forty years of experience if they've just been doing it a year, you know, in, in their in their in their niche. So, you know, it, it's just something to be aware of. Now, again, that does not mean that you can't take a ride with some of these people, find a good location go present it to them and get and, and get paid out of the back end but mm -hmm. the, con the the upfront contract when you contract on something that you think is going to go into that it needs it's it's not a it's not a t-rex you know farm and ranch contract it's a it's a it's a 36 page land development contract yeah and we all know how fun that can get well yeah. i mean the biggest thing the biggest thing about that is, is, is I tell everybody, you need to know what's in that contract because you're fixing to have to convince somebody that it's, it's good for them to sign it. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I can give you the rule of thumb. The rule of thumb is if it's, if, if it's going to sell for fully developed, if it, it if it'll sell for um, $10,000 an acre, you need to be buying it two or less, 2000 acre or less. 20% is like maximum allowable offer. You said about 20%? Yeah. So that's the maximum allowable. If it'll sell for 10,000 an acre, you need to be at 2,000 an acre. And, 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 then, and then realize that your margins are be 20, 30%. But when everybody's like, well, you're going to make all the money. I don't work for free. Yeah, you got to value your time and uh, see what's going to go into a deal. So yeah. I think go after anything you can, but if you're collecting all fives and tens, like, man, gotta get you, try to get you at least a good one, something juicy no, so you can so, get so, paid for your hours. I honestly, like, I, I do three to ten deals a year. That's it. I mean, it's just, but it's just one of those things that my three to 10 make me what 25 and 18 make me. If not, if not triple that, you know, it's one of those things that I did in 21, I did seven deals. That's it. And netted a little over 850. I could have done more. I just fucked off a lot. Watched cartoons with my kids. What kind of deals do you look for? 
So it sounds like it's a very specific deal. I started there my first couple of years. I was doing super low volume and uh, bigger tickets. And then just now I'm starting to scale a little bit, but I, I would, I still, I'm going to avoid the, uh, just the super small ones. And I don't think anybody that's new should do that, but just a, a preference. Yeah. I'm just, I don't want to be on the, kind of on the hamster wheel. I want to have a couple of big ones it's, in the pipe and I'm comfortable doing grind. it too. Yeah. Everybody, everybody that's starting out, I, I don't think you should take, try to take down um, some of these bigger deals that, that, I, that we're talking about until you've done at least four or five of the smaller ones so that you at least know the process from start to finish pretty well because it changes. I mean, every, every time I go through title underwriting, some, I learn something new every time. I, and it's one of those things that like I studied land title and I still go, didn't know you could do that. Didn't know. I don't know how that happened. You know, so at least learning that um, the um, I focus on really, really big problems, problems that are going to take lawyers and six to months to two years to figure out. Like I've got five projects that won't finish until middle or end of 23. Like I've got I've got a 10 acre ghost track that I'm working on right now. And I'm having to run title and land on it and everything all the way back to patent because I don't think the state of Texas. And I think there was a gap in the surveys from the state of Texas. So this lady claims that she owns this 11 acres with this house on it. The problem is, is she bought it 30 years ago. The problem is, is when you go back and you run and, and put together the, uh, the abstracts, they don't, they don't fit together. That 10 acres is just missing. And so we don't think that while, while she bought it, the person that sold it to her didn't own it. The state of Texas still owns it. I've got, I've got roughly, I bought it. Um, I've got roughly 45,000 in surveying cost on that one. And she's not even the owner. Well, I own it now, but I don't think, I mean, I'm going to have to go back and get it repatented from the general land office is what we're thinking. Like I'm going to get a patent issued from the general land office where they like, they're going to, they're going to issue me the patent to the land. So like when you're looking at an abstract and it's like, hi, this is abstract, you know, the uh, Augusta Perrier abstract from 1837 I'm going to have the Epstein abstract from 2023 That's pretty cool man why did you have to do that just because you uh, broken chain of title and the no, like, government it, owned No it's one of those well you can't adversely possess state owned property and then when we, when I called my surveyor and I had him survey it, um, I noticed like he, he was taking longer. Normally when I call my surveyor, I get a survey back. I don't care if it's three acres or 270 within a week or two. And I called him and I was like, man, it's been two weeks. What are you doing? And uh, he's like, uh, we have a problem. And he was like, listen, what what do we need to do here? Like, is I, I think that you found a, a gap in in in, in the, the abstracts, and so with that being said, like we're just researching it. It's one of those things that like my my surveyor hadn't charged me anything because the bill's running. 
like I'm, I'm gonna have to pay him when we fix it up. But um, but it's one of those things that we're just we're, we're just grinding it out. Because because surveyors have to go off of something, so they tie into a known point. Who who's got a kid in the background? Um, I love kids. I just can't talk over them. Um, but we just there was just a gap in in the in the surveys, and so it just it just it's it's when you go to tie it in and you try to use the trigonometry to uh to square it up it doesn't it doesn't compute it doesn't work <laughs> i lose everybody again oh i was muted I, I asked the question i said why why does everything get thrown off because somebody's pen was wrong somewhere in history and if you're trying to use that as your uh starting point and it throws everything off yeah well it's one of those things that it's a puzzle piece right every piece of land is just a puzzle piece so you go in there and, and you're trying to make the puzzle work well used to everybody stepped away with everything with chains and line of sight but now the gps is so much more accurate you could get away surveyors back in the day would they would duff some things pretty hard like there's some counties in Texas that like I can tell you right now, I don't care what you're buying unless it's the, the courthouse square. The survey's wrong because that dry guy was drunk, um, you know, because it used to you had one surveying company per town. Like, I mean, that was it. It was the local surveyor. Yeah. W.A. He's a good guy. He surveys shit. Now, GPS, all of a sudden you're trying to recreate it and you just can't you just can't plug that puzzle piece in anymore. And when that happens, the the just like title has rules of how the title works, surveyors have prescribed rules they have to follow. And so if they can't make a survey work, they have to follow their guidelines to correct the issue. And it's like, it's like a, it's like a string on a, on a wool shirt, right? You start pulling on it. Next thing you know, it just keeps fucking coming. Amazing. So I guess that's how you end up with a, what a landlocked property or somebody loses an easement or is that something completely different? Completely different. Landlock, landlock is literally, um, you know, I was talking to Logan about this. That's a four hour class, just in easements. Easements are an amazing, but yet fickle creature. And they're all so fact specific um, that it's one of those things that even after a four hour class, you've got another five years about easement. And, and, and that's, I mean, I learned something about easements every week and I love them. Like it's one of those things I study, I study for fun easements. So it, it's just, it's just, it's, it's easements are a mile wide and 10 miles deep. So it, they're, they're broad and they're, I mean, they're a wormhole. You heard it here, folks. Uh, here uh, first, folks. Make sure you send all of your easements to Tyler Epstein. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quit texting me, guys. No, send them. I'll. I can look if it, if it's a if it's a quick hitter. It's just one of those things that, like, um, my thing is is th those things. There, I can quick hit you and give you a, a, some guidance. At the same time, after about five minutes, I'm gonna be like, "This is in my five minute review. This is what you should do." After that, you're gonna need to um, 
hire somebody or, or, or you know, do something else. Because they're so fact-specific that you're looking at five, six hours of, of, of research to get started. I've got, I've got three, three properties right now that I'm probably 120 hours of legal work in on. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's why whenever somebody says, hey, I have a landlocked property lead, it's like, how juicy does it look from where you're standing? First things first, because, yeah, you could be asking to open up a big can of worms or at least a, a large well, investment of time. It's, a, it's, it's guaranteed to be a large investment of time, I would say 60, 70 percent of the time, because all, every single one can be fixed. Possibly. How much money, <laughs> how much money and time would it, does it take to fix it up? And can you do it with hard evidentiary facts from the record? Meaning if you have to go out and rely on what, what cousin Bob said they used to do, it's a bad day. Like you need, you need records in the courthouse. You need records from the general land office. Um, you need surveying experts. Um, I mean, I've, I've read, I've got one of them where I've read the surveys enough that I can read the meets and bounds that have, that they have calls before GPS, every surveyor would put calls in the survey, like 240 varas to a road cross that road, 400 varas to, you know, the corner. Well, you read that enough and you're like, okay, but you may end up having an abstract title for eight more pieces of property. And if there's a gap in that survey where somebody doesn't put the call signs in there, you've got to paint that picture. And like I do it, I have, I have the surveying software so I can just sit down with a, a glass of bourbon and, and, and do the work. But I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a tedious, tedious thing. And then I can take my work and, and I work with enough surveyors that I take my work hand to a surveyor and say, Hey, can you have a tech recreate this? Here's my files. Here's my draft. And then I, you know, I'll pay two or $3,000 to have them certified, but it's, it's a long, it's a long road to hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, this is why I really like an environment like this, man. And I appreciate you being on here and, and cutting through all this stuff because a lot of stuff sounds good on paper, but if you don't have somebody to partner with, that's been doing it longer than you, that. You know, maybe he's a little bit more savvy. Yeah, then I would say just ask somebody, reach out to somebody for some help. And it, it will, it, you'd rather go partners I mean, with somebody and, and, and make less money so that you can learn and figure out the well, game. I'll tell you right now, between Logan and myself, I talk to Logan every week. If not, if not, some, I mean, last week we talked every day uh, about different deals. We kill way more deals than we take. And it's not because it, it's just, it's one of those things that the juice has got to be worth the squeeze. But if it's a two acre track, a two acre track would be worth a million dollars, you know? Um, and, and then, and, and it's just one of those things that like, if it's, if it's a 10 acre track, it better not be in a flood zone. If it's in a flood zone, I could give two shits. It can stay there. Um, you know, it's got like the, 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 the stars have to align on these things. And even then, 
I think we, we estimated last year that if you were to pay for, for our, our time and research into projects, we had probably a half a million dollars in time written off. Because we, we had gotten, you know, 40, 50 hours into a project to, to throw it in the garbage. I mean, it just, it just happens. That's why, that's why it's one of those things that you don't get. Nobody's jumping up and down. Logan's not going to partner with you on everything that you take to him because it's expensive to prove, to prove it up. And that just because you're working on it, doesn't mean it, it comes, you know, you get to the finish line. It may mean you just spend a lot of time to figure out that you don't have everything you need. Yeah, I've sent Logan a couple deals where uh, I just said, just pay me whatever you want, man. Like, let me know whatever makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah, if you if you want me to pay you up front, I'm going to be like, mm, you got to buy your risk. Out, yeah, exactly. Depending on what it is, you're not going to you're not going to you're, you're going to get bang, angry. Um, but it's one of those things that I'm like, well, well if I paid you ten thousand dollars, what you think is a slam dunk. OK, let's pay you ten thousand dollars. The seller, fifteen thousand dollars and the tax man, thirty. And then I spend a hundred hours to learn that I'm screwed. I've got $75,000 in a deal that all I got to do is, is, is I can't, I, it's trapped. It's lost. And that's just not a risk that I'm willing to do. And that's like 75 hard, 75,000 in hard money. That's not 75,000, including my time. Um, Cause I mean, I bill out depending on what I'm doing anywhere between three fifty and a thousand dollars an hour. So, I mean, my time's expensive. Hey, Tyler, question for yeah. you. Um, yeah. So this is on, I got a large acreage lead today in Hondo, Texas. How do oh, I tee like that Hondo. up to where you can let me know what the possibilities are with it and whether, because it does have some flood zone in it, but it's not a complete flood zone. Referring yeah, back no, to the previous comment. No. Yeah, well, it's it's large acreage, right? So, so essentially, an, another rule of thumb, just real quick on that, I use I use seventy percent rule. So, if you've got thirty acres, I mean, not thirty acres, a hundred acres, thirty percent of it off the bat is going to be used in entitlements, meaning road utility easements and setbacks for building lines and stuff. But the setbacks don't really count, but it's just, just, you know, I'll throw it in there. And then floodways and drainage and stuff, right? So if, you, if you're buying 100 acres, 70 acres are developable, developable period. And, and it varies some, but it's a, good, it's a good rule of thumb that you can do real fast on, on your calculator to figure out, like, how many acres you're going to be able to buy and then sell. Because um, you're going to eat the other 30. That, that's just, I mean, it's one of those things that you might be able to sell some of them, but a conservative approach is like, I bought that 30 and it's just now a, a, a public park. It's a park for the, the community. Um, the other thing is how much road frontage does it have? Does it have any access to utilities? You know, I love Hondo and, and Hondo is a growing area for whatever reason. I don't know, but it is. Um, we love our town. Don't drive like hell through it. Um, that's a street. That's a sign in Hondo. Just okay. Sorry, it's a oh. joke. Um, <laughs> but uh, the um, the deal there is is like, does it have water? Does 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 it have you know what what's the uh, the septic regulations out there? Right. 
because that ground, I'm not familiar with that ground, but I know it's got rocks and stuff in places out there because it's, it's starting to get into the Davis Mountain areas. Um, so like how much, what kind of septic system do you have to put in? Because you need to, get, that all factors into what you can sell it per acre. You know, because there's a reason in, in Houston, you can sell a quarter acre for, for $50,000, but you don't have to put a septic or a water well in. You can't sell, you know, a, a water well in Hondo may cost you $27,000. So what does it cost to build a water well if you need water? How, how many water? I mean, is a TECQ going to let you drill a water well every two acres out there because they don't want to drain the damn reservoir because it's a drought, you know? So, I mean, again, these are all things I know I'm sounding, I can hear myself sounding like a Debbie Downer. That's not it. It's just the due diligence you need to do so you know how, how to chop it up. Because it may be that you can't do two acres, you got to do 10 acres. Right, right. Okay, okay. Um, well, I'll just... And, and then at the same time, is does 10 acres sell in Hondo, right? Because the people moving to Hondo, they want 10 acres, they want 100 acres. Okay. Right. The demographic of people going out there. Who's our buyer? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, yeah, that's exactly right. Who's your buyer? Is your buyer somebody that's retiring and, and, and just wants a little piece of property? Or is there somebody that wants to go, you know, ride four wheelers and shoot shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, that, that answers that, man. Um, I might be in touch with you on that. I probably will. I just want to, do some more due diligence. Yeah, man, send, send, send it my nah, – no, nah, just – I mean, it's one of those things that do the due diligence, and, and I'm going to make you do more due diligence, meaning I'm going to come back, and I'll look at it, and I'm going to send you back to, to do more work. Sometimes okay. I may even know the answer before I do it, but I, I, I will send you back to do it so that next time you, you learn something from it. Because if you're not learning from it, what, what are we doing here, right? Like, you know, right. so I'll send you back to do some more. That way you, you learn a little more and, and you're a little more self-sufficient. That way, you know, you, you, you grow as, I don't know why Logan says it's practitioner. Um, I, I, it makes me laugh when he uses that word. Um, so if you're going to be a practitioner of real estate, um, if you will, you need to, you need to develop your skill set. So I'm going to send you back to do some, some stuff so you can learn to do it yourself. You need, like, I just, I have a, I have a thing that you need to learn. If you're not learning, then you know you can't grow and if you can't grow then you can't survive well said for sure and and, and the other at the same time there's so many deals out there that i don't have competition there's not one person that's competition with me because there's so many deals out there i'll just go find another one Hmm. like there the shortage is in the mindset not the deals there's no such thing as competition like I, 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 I've had people tell me that, well, you're just afraid of competition, not afraid of competition. There's not, nobody has enough money on this phone call to buy all the deals that I can find in a month. Any other questions? I feel like I'm just talking to myself. Thanks, Stella. It was super informative. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, so I was wondering, have you ever uh, rezoned like some lots like you're talking about? Yes. And how? 
you know, I know it has to go through all the city council and all that, but is it worth, you know, from having experience? Yes, so it is worth it. Rezoning is fun. Rezoning is political. And you have to be a um, pretty pretty politically savvy in, in the city that you're in and to know what they will and won't accept. And rezoning is not a, a, a ministerial job. It is up to the, the, the city council to, they have discretion. Now they have to let you do something. So like I have a lot that's agricultural pre-development. They cannot keep me from rezoning that property, but they can keep me from rezoning that into a strip club, right? So you need to look at the, um, depending on the city and how big the city is, some of them, they have like planning maps where they have like a, their 10 year plan, if you will. And it'll show you, they, they kind of give you some guidance of where they think the, the zoning should be in 10 years. So like you can go, okay, this is trending that way. But like, if it's in a single family subdivision, you are not going to be able to put a tire shop there. So in asking for an industrial um, rezoning, shit, that ain't going to happen. Um, mm. You might be able to rezone it into, com, you know, subdivision office space or what, what is a subdivision um, community business park, which means you can put small strip centers and facilities that the subdivision will need, like a Walgreens and a frozen yogurt store, stuff like that. But it needs to be off of main road and it needs to be, you know, it, it's just, there's some criteria there. So like, I just tell everybody, if you lived at the house next door, would you be okay with, um, you know, a 24 hours Denny's going in next door? If no, then you're probably not going to be able to put a Denny's there kind of thing, you know? Um, at the same time, if you live next door, would a small business park with a dentist office and, you know, a Kung Fu place and uh, for the kids and, you know, a Walgreens, would that go there? Then, yeah, you can rezone it. And you got to look, you got to look at what's, a, you got to look at what's available around it too. Like when I say that, like if there's a, if there's plenty of other businesses around, they're not going to let you put more businesses in. They just, they just, they don't want to turn a subdivision, a neighborhood into a, um, a, a commercial area. One last thing, be aware of, depending on where you're at, historical districts. You can get real screwed, blued, and tattooed with the wrong historical designation. I appreciate it, bud. Yeah, man. Tyler, I heard yeah. about people being able to remove a flood zone from a property. Does that you make can. sense? Or you, you can. So, so you, you know, depending on how low it is, if you can, if you, if it's two or three or four foot low, and you can go out there and get an elevation survey from a surveyor that they normally charge like three or 400 bucks to go out there and shoot three or four points and get you an elevation cert. And then you can go through, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, FEMA 
and get it go okay fema you say in this area it has to be 214 feet above sea level to not be in the flood way flood zone well here's my elevation shots and three quarters of this property are at 214 and a half and the other one third is below 214. I want to remove this two thirds from the floodplain or the floodway. And they're going to say, okay. And they'll grant you your, um, your uh, deal and rezone it. it. It takes anywhere. You're dealing with the United States government. I'm going to hurry. But three to six months, you should be good to go. Okay. Cool. I saw it on YouTube. Figure out that by you. Thanks. Yeah, it, it's it, it, a lot of this stuff is just. I mean, there's just procedure, right? Like it, this is a lot of this stuff is procedural. Like it's like do the facts point that you have the ability to do it. If so, follow the prescribed rules, and and they will grant you your wish. It, it's just you know, there's no quick, easy, or shortcut to it. You just have to follow the rules. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> And just for the group's knowledge, there's a company that does that for you, and they'll go to the property for free to let you know if they can take that flood zone off or not. Um, I, did, I did not know that. I've, I've always had a surveyor shoot shots. That's new. Yeah. Um, cool. But, yeah, thanks again. Appreciate that, Tyler. Yeah, man. Hey, Tyler, I got a question for you. Go for it. All right, super. Um, so tiny homes are becoming extremely popular uh, mm -hmm. because, of the, because of the cost of housing. And yep. uh, I live in a small town, about 11,000 folks. And man, they just, they hate the thought of tiny homes coming in. But uh, man, they look uh, a thousand times better than the 1965 trailers with uh, tarps on the roofs that are grandfathered in. So um, I was just yep. wondering if, you, if you've had any experience with uh, rezoning for tiny homes or, you know, this is kind of a new, a new niche that's uh, popping up. So, so what, what, you, what you have there is not my backyard and you have small-minded people not understanding how to fix problems. You're like, oh, so the issue there is that is an administrative issue that they have the complete ability to tell you no. And you don't have the ability to argue with them. Um, yeah. So rezoning it for a tiny home community, meh. Now, platting it out and getting it done, but not having restrictions against tiny homes. And if they don't have specific restrictions of no tiny homes, they just don't have tiny home developments. Unless the city has minimum square footage of a... Um, of a uh, of a house Single built, family home. which yeah, right. I, I yeah yeah so a tiny home is a single family home so you can re you can subdivide something if it's subdividable not put any restrictions on it and then and then bring your own tiny homes in okay yeah so like a lot of the uh, the HOAs out here I mean we're out we're out in the sticks we're out in the Pikes Peak National Forest here, and they've got um, they've got homeowner associations pretty well to protect the property from people dumping tires and trashing it, you know, things like that. 
but they also yeah. have a minimum a minimum square foot of like 400 square foot and modulars are okay mobiles are not so tiny homes kind of fall in that yeah we can bring it in on a trailer but set it on a foundation you know that's right that's right yeah and so so that's a that's a brings a valid point words matter so what do the words on the paper say not do what do you think they say what do they actually say do they do they say you know so just follow the rules and and, and again follow them strictly there is no shortcut to this follow the rules all right super hey man you you've been just a deep, deep uh, pool of knowledge, man. Thank you so much. I, uh, oh, don't, I don't boast my ego. My head's big <laughs> enough. I can't wait to get to the point where I can do just, uh, you know, five or seven deals in a year and, and make that kind of bread, man. That's, that's impressive, brother. It, it, it takes the, 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 the thing is, is anybody can do it as long as you're willing to put in the, the effort and the time to, to, to learn it. And, and I say that any, any, there is no, there is no easy way to do this. There is one way and that is to spend the time to learn it. And if what you don't know, pay for it. Right on, man. That's where I'm at right now. I just uh, joined up with John Alexander and uh, I'm looking forward to getting started on that. So uh, he's the land mogul, you know, John's been there and done that. Uh, you know, I mean, he's got a history to it. Very smart guy. Um, but it's one of those things that if it, it, it's one of those things that learn, learn from him because he can tell you what not to do. <laughs> right on, man. Well, hey, thanks so much. I'm going to cut out. Take care. Yes, sir. I got I got time for one more question if anybody is uh, is eager and then I've got to step off as well. Yeah, man, we appreciate you spending so much time with us, dude. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I learned a lot today, and I like uh, I like playing defense and thinking about what could go wrong instead of the rest of it. So that's you you want to make sure that you're conscientious of those things. The guru will make it sound like it's all butterflies and rainbows, but there's a process to this stuff, and it does take a wealth of knowledge. So, yeah, these this call went over uh, about 16 minutes. So yeah, we'll take one more question for Tyler, and then we'll go ahead and call it a night. If anybody has one, unmute yourself and hop on in. Well, Tyler, uh, I'm going to do, I guess I'll, I'll have the last question if nobody else does, or just something that we can talk about at a future time. But I want to learn about more about modifying or, or figuring out what to do with those flood properties, man. Because if it's in a 100-year floodplain, uh, I've heard you have to get like a, a permit that's like 100 grand just to even start breaking ground out there if you wanted to build a structure. So it, is that well, it, it, real quick? Uh, well, it depends on the rules um, uh, where you're at. Everybody has different rules, but like you've got to realize too, in flood zones, um, FEMA it has redone their, you know, insurance for their their flood insurance. And my house that I, I bought a I bought a flood house that flooded in Harvey, right? I got it super cheap, lived in it. Um, it, it just got remodeled. Nobody bought it for a year. I bought it, lived in it two years, and sold it. My flood insurance was like fourteen hundred bucks a year for a four hundred thousand dollar house. It was cheap. This year, flood insurance is forty seven hundred dollars for that same house. So, like, you're looking at a major expense that goes into that real quick. Um, a lot of times, you just have to build up 
so you have to um, you have to bring the, raise the elevation. So if you need to raise it 15 feet, then you're bringing in a whole lot of dirt to get there, right? Or you're building something on stilts. Is it something where somebody wants to live on stilts? Um, the other issue is is can you take if it, is it is it 100 acres all in the 100 year? Can you take and build a a lake on the back? You know, 40 and bring all that dirt out and put it on the um, on the north uh, 60. So you have 60 out of the floodplain and, and 40 in in a reservoir retention area. Um, what does that look like? Does that is that going to affect downstream or is it going to flood your neighbors? Because you're liable if you redirect water off of your property onto somebody else's, you catch that hickey for the uh, flooding somebody else's property. So got to be careful. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's something I'm really interested in because I'm coming across a lot of these big farms and ranches, you know, 400 acres. And yeah, there's 300 acres in the floodplain, you know, but there's a river back there. So I'm like, you know, it's, I think they're worth, some of these are worth taking another look at. A lot of people throw those right in the trash and I'm starting to get attached to them. Well, it's one of those things that you're, look, you're looking for, you know, that's how I make money is looking for money that nobody else can see. So what, what, I, what I would say is, is like, just got to research like and the other thing is is you're dealing you're, you're dealing with tecq on that because the state owns the uh the waterways and the epa as well so it, it's it can be done but it's not cheap yeah we're just really just honestly we're, we're taking a good look at it we're doing a bunch of research on it we're talking to the seller he needs the help so we're just trying to come up with a solution we haven't seen a path forward or picked a path forward but yeah, like no, said, I, again, it's just it's just one of those things that like like the, the one thing is I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Anything can be done. You got enough money, you can go to the moon now. I promise you. Just call oh, Elon and be like, I got I got 300 million. I won't go to the moon. He'd be like, sure, you're you know, you're seat number two. Um <laughs> yeah. so anything can be done with time and money. Is it is it worth doing? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thanks for the knowledge. And uh, yeah, good to see you on here again. I appreciate you. And then even participating, man. Super dope. Yep. Thank you, man. I got to go. It's FaceTime with my kids time. Have a good one, brother. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Later, man. All right, everybody. I think we're going to go ahead and end this one. We appreciate you being on here. We'll see you uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Central time. Uh, bring your questions. These calls are a lot more fun when, you, uh, when you're working on something and you bring them to these calls and we can kind of figure out what you're doing together and see how to get you to the next level. But I appreciate everybody, man. Y'all have a good night. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye. The show is sponsored by The List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? One in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The List Guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The List Guys are here to save you time. Contact the List Guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.the number one listguys.com.